It was only after the school nurse gently suggested that Mira might like to try going back to class that she reluctantly abandoned her post on the cot and managed to finish up her first day. Four more periods before she was able to get on the bus, claim a seat by the window, and stare out at this route that she would be following from now on, twice a day, five days a week. She counted the blocks home as they passed by the window. Nothing had ever seemed so far away. The bus led her off at the bottom of her driveway, its double doors shushing shut behind her. Their house was the one holdover on the street from an age before people in the neighborhood started building faux mansions that went up to the edge of their property lines. Elaborate chandeliers displayed prominently in soaring front hall windows. Mira's family's house looked like a refugee from 1920s Savannah, with a decorative wicker rocking chair on a wraparound porch. Her mother thought this gave it charm. Mira thought it looked lonely, like it had outlived its friends. She took a deep breath in an attempt to cleanse herself of this day and tried to think of something positive to report to her mother. Her mother was into positivity. It had never been Mira's strong point. She would not mention the nurse's office. Let her mom believe that she had made it through the day upright. Mira made her way up the front steps. There was no avoiding it. She lived here. She would have to go in sometime. Mira? Is that you? Her mom called when the front door banged shut behind her. Yeah. Mira made her way back to the computer alcove by the kitchen, where her mom could usually be found these days. Fourteen months ago, the law firm she had worked at for the past decade decided to let her go, rather than make her partner. Unfortunately, this was the same firm Mira's father worked at, and he was a partner. After she was let go, Mira's mother sued the firm for gender discrimination, and since then, the topic of work, a thing her parents had always shared, as if the firm had been a third party in their marriage, was avoided at all costs. Today her mom had on sweatpants and a t-shirt declaring that she had completed some 5K run, as if to prove that she had once been a person who spent all her time doing 5K runs and not growing pale in pajamas in front of a computer screen. Her frizzy hair was pulled back into a high ponytail that created a cascading poof on the back of her head. She called this her Jufro. There was a framed picture of Mira's parents on the mantel in the living room, taken during their days together at Columbia Law School, both of them making goofy faces. Her very white mom's hair teased out to match the retro-looking afro her dad had sported back then. Mira loved that picture of them. Let me see you, her mother said. Mira pulled a chair up to the computer alcove and presented herself for inspection. So? her mom said. Tell me everything. It was fine. Just fine? Mira sighed. She didn't have the energy to live through this day and talk about it too. I'm tired, she said. Tired, tired, or just tired? Tired, tired. It was their code. It seemed better than other words they could use, loaded with the baggage of diagnosis as if all she needed was a really good nap to finally feel better. Scale of one to ten, her mother said. Eleven, she said. 
Her mom was looking at her, as if she was trying to remember which encouraging piece of positive speak she hadn't used in a while. What? Mira said. Eleven means we need to go see Kelly. No, Mom, please. I'm following the diet. She's just going to make me choke down those awful horse vitamins. Kelly was the holistic nutritionist her mom had started taking Mira to when she had asked to go off her medication last spring. The pills had been making her feel jumpy and constrained, like her head was trying to hold her brain in place and somehow failing.